Hello, hello. My name is Jacqueline Twilley. I'm your host of Power Banking, the podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries. A few weeks ago, I received an invitation to join a phenomenal group. And when I say phenomenal, the women in this group are mind-blowing to me, some of the things that they have accomplished. They're in a Facebook group, and they invited me to join them to share leadership and negotiation advice. So the conversation was so much fun. It's been ongoing several weeks after the conversation has continued in a private LinkedIn group message. I wanted to bring it to you, my power banking family, in hopes that it could add just as much value to you as it has this online Facebook community. So you're going to hear the voice of Kimberlyn. She's interviewing me here. So this is a a little bit of a different format for the podcast. But again, it was so energizing to me and it has added so much value to this community that I had to share it with my inner crew. And we are live. Hi, everybody. Hey, y'all. We definitely want to welcome you to BBG TV tonight. So go ahead for me and um, introduce yourselves as you are coming in. If you will also tag some of your friends and share the broadcast because tonight we are talking about negotiating pay. So this is going to be super important. So I'll give you all just a moment to do that. And I actually want to do this. Same and Jacqueline, if you will as well, go ahead and share um, to your social network too. So we can get as many people in here as possible to get this good information. Hey, 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 hey. I see you guys. How are you? Are you? Are you? So, y'all, we are having, like, all the tech issues that there are to be had tonight. So, we're just going to ask for your grace and your patience as we are trying to figure everything out um, and get this working. Because for some reason, this information does not want to get out, which means that it must be super duper duper important. So, um, we're going to give Jacqueline a moment to kind of come back in. I see y'all coming on. I see Robin and Kamiko and Saab and is it your Kara? Hey, Saab <laughs> said run me my money. Saab, you understand. Saab is our co-host on Conversations, our talk show that we have every other Monday. And I tell you, the things that happen before we go live, it is just absolutely nuts. So we try not to freak out and just go with the flow. And make sure that um, we just keep y'all entertained while we're doing all of this. So, again, if you will help us out by making sure that you share the broadcast, that you let everybody know that we are on. Because this conversation that we're having tonight is so super important. So, we want to get all of those tools um, so that we are able to negotiate and get that pay, get that money. Okay. So, let's go ahead and share. And let me check on Jacqueline and see um, what's going on. And of course, if this is your first time tuning in, we definitely want to make sure that you say that as well so that we are able to welcome you as a first-timer. 
There's Jacqueline's back. Hey, girl. I know. I was just telling them, apparently, this is about to be life changing because all kinds of things are standing in the way of this happening, but we will not have it. We will get this information out tonight. <laughs> so, again, you. Sorry, I disappeared for a second. I'm back. I see all of y'all on here. Welcome to the live. Yes, yes. So um, we definitely have a lot of info that we want to give out. So one more time, make sure that, hey, Chrissy, I see your first timer. Make sure as you come on that you introduce yourself in the comments. A lot of times things are super popping in the comments. So you want to make sure that you're involved over there, um, that you let us know where you are watching from and that you also let us know if this is your first time. We're also going to ask that you tag some friends in the comments and that you share the broadcast because that way we can make sure as many brown girls as possible get this information so we do want to make sure that we take care of that but let me go ahead hey trace lynn first time or first time is in the house we love it we love it so um let me go ahead and formally introduce you to um our show so this is brown girl boss on beautiful brown girls tv and here at bbg tv our mission is to create a virtual meetup for like-minded women centered on helping us all access our very best life so we're here every week on BBG TV with different shows. And tonight we're here with our brown girl boss, Miss Jacqueline Twilly. So you see her over there looking all fly and whatnot. So um, Jacqueline is the founder of Zero Gap which is a training and development firm that specializes in leadership curriculum for women who work in the male-dominated industries. She earned her MBA in leadership from Tiffin University, and she's a proud Amazon best-selling author. Her life's mission is to eliminate the gender wage gap by teaching women to negotiate so that we don't leave any money on the table, and also by providing leadership resources to help women reach and thrive in top positions. She has been all over spreading this message, so you may have seen her negotiate advice on Forbes, Essence, Fast Company, NBC, Exo Nicole. She is here with us tonight, taking the time to give us this awesome information. So Jacqueline, welcome, girl. Thank you. And thanks for that intro. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> that's you, girl. <laughs> I'm so excited to share with y'all negotiation tips. If you have any negotiation questions that you just got to get answered tonight, pop your question in the comment early. If you have any friends who are going through job interview process, go ahead and text them and tell them to jump in live so they can watch this. Because a lot of people tell me when I meet them, oh, I wish I would have met you last week. I just went through a job negotiation. So all of your girlfriends who are looking for a job, go ahead and text them and tell them to hop on the live. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, Jacqueline, if you will get us started, um, and if you can tilt just a little bit, so they're saying they're losing their face just a tad, um, that'll help us to make sure we see all of you. Let's see. How's that? Is that better? That's a little better, yes. Okay, so um, we want to talk a little bit about this gender wage gap. You said that you are helping to eliminate the gender wage gap. So what exactly is the gender wage gap? Okay, so the gender wage gap is the median income of a man and a woman divided. Right now, the latest numbers that I saw was that it's 77.9% is the gap. So women are Ooh. earning about 77.9 cents on a dollar compared to their non-Hispanic white male counterparts. Wow. So for black women, it's even worse. 
it was somewhere around 62 to 64 cents. And for Latino women and Native women, it's somewhere between 54 to 57 cents. On oh, so wow. It is a very pervasive gap. And it spans all industries. People think oh, it's a low-wage issue. It's not. Mm -hmm. Every woman working from the industry of healthcare, homekeeping, all the way up to doctors and lawyers wow. experience a wage gap. So it's something that we have to talk about. The more we talk about it, the more we can eliminate the different um, nuances that contribute to it. So it's mm -hmm. not just one cause, which is why it's so complex to solve. Mm -hmm. A lot of different factors that contribute to that wage gap. Wow, that is astonishing. Well, not, I'm, I mean, I know when, like, for instance, when President Obama was in office, he talked about um, doing some work around closing the gender wage gap, but I guess I didn't realize that it was so stark, especially for other demographics. 54 cents on a dollar, that's half. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So Asian American women have the smallest wage gap. They earn about 89 cents on a dollar. But when mm -hmm. President Obama was elected, his first piece of legislation that he signed was the Lilly Ledbetter Equal Pay Act. Mm -hmm. That was the very first thing he did his first term. Unfortunately, we haven't seen that wage gap move much. And there were some things that have been planned um, to increase transparency, which is one mm -hmm. of the things that will close the gap. But it didn't happen. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. we're, still gonna, we're still going to move forward. So this is why I focus on negotiation mm -hmm. and leadership, because one of the factors is that women tend to not ask when they get an offer. Right. Because one, they're afraid, like, what are they going to say? Are they going to take the offer back? Um, how do I ask? All of these different questions. So that's why I teach women to negotiate. So you're not leaving money on the table. And then the second part is, we know that people at the top of organizations get paid the most. Mm -hmm. Y'all see me? I just want to make sure. Um, and so women are less than 5% of leadership in Fortune 500 right. companies. Right. So because of that, if women aren't getting to the top, they're never going to get that top right. company. Okay? Right. So right. That's why my company, Zero Gap, focuses on women's leadership. And I will tell you this. I know we're going to get to this question, should you always negotiate? Mm -hmm. I'm going to just jump in on as because it fits in with this research shows that if you don't negotiate your first offer starting your professional career you stand mm. to lose up to a half a million dollars over the course of your career oh my god wow yeah wow um so may give us some negotiation basics because i feel like it's I don't, I don't know that they teach this to men, but I do feel that they are pretty savvy in negotiating. So um, what, what is the first step? Or what, what's one, two, three, A, B, and C? What does this look like for us to um, go through the negotiation process? Okay, so I want to give you this framework that I came up with to help you remember how to negotiate. Okay. First things first, negotiation is a conversation. It's not a battle. A lot of people okay. think you got to come out swinging um, and you don't. It's a, it's like straight up how we're talking right now. It is mm -hmm. a conversation. Mm -hmm. so write this down. Latte. L-A-T-T-E. Okay. This is a negotiation framework to help you whether you're negotiating a salary, a business deal, or just a personal um, matter. Okay. So mm -hmm. this is the latte method. L, okay. look at the details. 
Mm. Just like you would prepare for a job interview and you would find out about the company, the person you're interviewing with, you want to do the same with the job description before you start an interview process. Mm -hmm. So that means using salary calculators up front before you pop in a number in the box. When you apply for a job, mm -hmm. you want to go through and figure out what the market rate is. Now, the market mm -hmm. rate is what a person earns in a geographic area for your type of work. So okay. salary.com, vault, payscale.com, LinkedIn salary. There's so many tools. You can use some of those. Mm -hmm. But don't stop there. You want to call one of your white male colleagues. And it's important mm -hmm. that it's a white male colleague because we know men get paid the most. Mm -hmm. White men get paid the most. Mm -hmm. So call one of them and say, hey, I want to get some advice from you. I'm thinking about going into a different space with work. And based on my research, I see the salary is about 87 grand for some mm -hmm. experience. Doesn't mm -hmm. sound about right. Okay. Okay. So you're looking at the details. You're looking at your online stuff. And you're also fact checking that with people in your network who are knowledgeable about the salary. So you mm -hmm. can be a random person. Mm -hmm. You can be a hiring manager or somebody in HR. Okay. All right. Then A anticipate the challenges hmm. because the conversation just because you ask doesn't mean you're going to get it okay so anticipate mm -hmm. challenges and how you're going to maneuver around those mm -hmm. so when the conversation gets started if you're negotiating for a promotion at your current job mm -hmm. just think about what your manager might say and you want to go ahead and write out what your response will be in advance Mm. If you are a person who tends to get nervous and you talk a lot, you talk fast, mm -hmm. you've got to practice saying it out loud, which brings mm. you to the T. Is mm -hmm. The first T is think about your walkaway point. You okay. have to know before you get into the negotiation at what point you're going to walk away. Okay? So there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of factors in that. It might be driving distance. It might be salary. You might have a lot of student loans and you need to work for a company who does a student loan repayment program. So it's different for each person. Think about the things that you absolutely have to have and think about if I don't absolutely get this, then I'm going to have to turn this offer down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the second T is talk through it. For okay. people who have never negotiated before, they might think they sound like when they say, Oh, well, what, what's your salary expectations? You might think you sound like $110,000, but you really sound like this. $110,000? Yeah. With the question mark? And if yeah. you don't believe it, they're not going to believe you. So you, you have to be confident. And then the E in latte is evaluate your options. So mm. you don't have to take everything that comes to you. You got to have your research. The only way you know if you're getting a good deal versus a great deal is if you've done your research and you looked at the details. Mm -hmm. Once you get an offer, take some time to think about it. Don't just jump out the gate and say yes or no. Mm -hmm. Always ask for at least a couple of days to think about it. Mm. All right, so I know that was a lot, a long answer to your question. No, but I love it. That's perfect. And thank you, Sab, um, over in the comments for scripting for us. I absolutely appreciate that. Um <laughs> but that is perfect because I often feel like we don't know where to start, you know, so I myself am just kind of like, okay, sure, that sounds great. 
thank you, or we're so um, pressed for the opportunity that we're just so happy that it even came, that we're just like, yes, yes, you know, I'll take anything, or not even realizing that it is negotiable. So is every salary negotiable? Like, should we be going through this process with every single offer that we get, no matter the industry? So think about this. Every time you get on a flight, the pilot and co-pilot, they go through a pre-flight checklist. Yes. I don't care if they've been flying for 10 years and this is their seventh flight of the day. They go through that checklist because every step is critically important. Mm. So every time you get an offer, you want to go through the latte framework, just mm. like it's a checklist. Mm -hmm. So it's very rare that your first job offer is going to be the best offer, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. with that in mind, there's typically some wiggle room in there. It might be a mm -hmm. little wiggle room, but there's mm -hmm. typically some wiggle room in there. Mm -hmm. So at, at the very least, if you don't remember anything else I say, when you get an offer, take a few seconds, pause, and then say, is this the best we can do? Mm. And just be quiet. Don't overtalk. Don't because da, 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 none of that. It's mm. the best we can do. And that's at the very least, y'all. Like mm -hmm. go through and think about what you're gonna say using latte framework. But it is so so often women don't negotiate and they leave that money on the table. Mm -hmm. So you wanna make sure that you're having that conversation. As long as you're not giving people an ultimatum, they're not mm -hmm. gonna pull the offer back and say, Oh, you know what? You want the the top of the line payment for this job. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not going to pay you. Only if you come at them with an ultimatum, will they pull the offer? Gotcha. Gotcha. We have a question here um, from Nini. She said, what if the HR personnel are not willing to discuss your full employee package with you? So th that's a good question. The negotiation doesn't start until you have an offer. So okay. you have to go through the entire interview process. Once you have the offer, that's when the negotiation starts. Now, you're gathering information for your negotiation from the moment you apply to the job. When you get mm -hmm. the job description, we all know the job description is not what you're actually going to be doing. Mm -hmm. But at, if you have a couple of years of experience, you can look at a job description and fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. you know, just like a test, you can be like, oh, mm -hmm. this and this. oh I'm probably going to be doing this too. Right, right. right? So yeah. from, from jump, the, from the time you look at the job description, you're gathering information for that negotiation. Now, in terms of they're not discussing it with you, they might not discuss it with you. And it's very typical that they won't until you have the offer. Now, when you have the offer is when they're going to put all of their chips on the table. And mm -hmm. if they don't discuss it with you when the offer is there, then that's mm -hmm. a huge red flag. Right. Why don't they want to? Because at that point, you have the job offer. So don't. Don't expect that, though, until you've gone through the whole process. Mm -hmm. So um, how much is too much to ask for? Like, you know, you've done your research, you've consulted with your colleague, you have, um, you know, said $100,000, whatever your response was. But how do you know how much to jump based on how much you feel like you're worth in comparison to the market? Yeah, so this is the thing. The market rate is the market rate. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, I've been doing this for a long time, working with people and, and coaching them one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And last year alone, I coached women, over a dozen women, collectively, they negotiated over $500,000 in salary and benefits. Wow. 
but I've also seen some offers get pulled and I'll give you a perfect example. When you say how much is too much, mm -hmm. I was coaching um, a young professional. She had like three years of experience. She had a master's degree right out of school. She went from undergrad to grad school. Mm -hmm. She felt like she should be making six figures, but she mm. didn't have the experience to match that. Mm -hmm. So we got the market data, we fact checked it. She got an offer of somewhere in the mid 60s. Well, she hit them back and she told them 95. Mm. Y'all, like, if, if, the That's a... rate, if the market rate is low 70s, and you're asking for 95, that's too much. Yeah. So it cannot be based on what you think you're worth because this where you, you just want to be making this much. It mm -hmm. has to be based on facts. Mm -hmm. Always base it on facts. That's why you have to know the market date data. You got to know your numbers and what people get paid in that industry. Otherwise, you're playing yourself out of a great right. job opportunity. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, you all, I see y'all are still coming in. So um, welcome to those of you who are just joining us. We have Ms. Jacqueline Philly um, with us. She is a negotiation expert. So she is giving us the insight on how to negotiate our pay rate, how to close this gender wage gap and leave zero dollars on the table for us to be able to uh, be competitive and, you know, receive what we are worth. So make sure that you're dropping your questions over in the comments and I'm pulling them as soon as I see them. Um, I see Sab has a question here. She said, I once interviewed for a role and they gave me the cap. In that instance, is there still opportunity to negotiate? Negotiate other things, for instance, such as a salary review, um, or you just mentioned a moment ago, negotiating benefits or what have you. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that you can negotiate for beyond salary. So one of the things that I encourage people to do is when you're going throughout the interview process, take really good notes. Okay. And keep those notes organized from the time you have your first phone interview. Because what you want to do throughout is ask open-ended questions. Not like, oh, what's the average day like for a new employee? You want to find out what are the biggest challenges in the organization? What mm. do you see if... If I come on board, what do you think is going to be the biggest hurdle that I would have to overcome in the first 90 days? Ask open-ended questions that's going to give you some depth to mm -hmm. what you're going to be doing. Now, what you do with this information to negotiate for more than salary, if they told you, well, the first challenge is our software is really out of date. So you're going to have to really learn how to work around it and get creative. Okay, well, I need to be set up for success. Mm -hmm. so in addition to negotiating for salary, mm -hmm. I need us to figure out how to make this work where we can update our software. Mm -hmm. So our, they say they've been understaffed. So mm -hmm. we really need 10 people that you'll be managing, but we only have six. Well, we need to find some resources for me to at least hire two or three more people. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about what's going to set you up for success in that mm -hmm. role. Even if you're not a manager, there's still things that they're going to tell you that you might be able to ask for. It's best to ask for the things when you accept the job because mm -hmm. that's where you have the most leverage versus waiting mm -hmm. six months in a job and then they're telling you, well, figure out what you do, what you can do with what you have. Yeah. So make sure you ask open-ended questions throughout the interview process. So when you're asking for things other than salary, yes, the vacation days, work from home, telework, that's all great and dandy, but you mm -hmm. got to secure the resources to be successful in right. that role. 
a lot of people don't negotiate their signing bonus. So signing mm. bonuses um, are typical if you're a mid-level uh, employee. I think okay. a human, um, the human work uh, conference, they did a survey and 76% of jobs get a signing bonus. Mm. Okay. So you want to talk when you're talking to your network, looking at the details, you want to mm -hmm. find out, does this company typically give signing bonuses? Mm -hmm. Not every company does, mm -hmm. but if your company does and you don't ask for it, you're leaving money on the table. So that's right. something else you can negotiate for. Signing bonuses are typically 5 to 10% of the base salary. Mm. Wow. Okay. And then also, um, I'm thinking about things like relocation um, yeah. assistance or something like that. I think that so, could make life easier, too. Yeah. So with relocation, um, you can get really creative. Y'all, I've, I've heard all of the stories about relocation over the years doing this. One client that I had, she was working in Atlanta. Her boyfriend mm -hmm. was in um, California. And everyone in her office knew that she wanted to be close to him. They mm -hmm. offered her a position in California with like $2,000 to relocate. Mm, that's not going to work. they away her leverage because they knew she would move regardless. So you, yeah. you want to be careful not to overshare because that organizations could take that information when you overshare and they can use that as leverage for them to get the better deal. Mm -hmm. She got a great deal because she was moving regardless. Right. But, but on the flip side, I had one client move from Atlanta to Chicago. She didn't um, need the relocation money because she didn't have that much stuff to move. But what we did do was we did ask them if they could take the money that they had allocated for relocation and mm -hmm. student loan repayment because they mm -hmm. already had that bucket of money. Mm -hmm. Typically, when they're going to pay off student loans or you get a signing bonus, they're going to ask you to stay for a minimum amount of time or you right. get back. And she was co completely fine with that. But they did shift that bucket of money over. So it's about getting creative. Yeah. And that's why you want to talk to a career coach or a negotiation strategy strategist when you're going through this process to help you think through all of these different elements. Mm -hmm. I'm even thinking, so I'm in the field of education and originally um, I kind of was like, oh, well, you know, our salary is our salary. So uh, there's nothing that we can do. But as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking about um, the different things that I could go to my school and ask my principal, you know, for um for instance, we have something called T payrolls. So you can um, get paid extra for teaching this particular thing or extracurricular activities or what have you. But we normally in education don't think about the the extra earning potential. And we just kind of say, okay, this is what it is. And our salary is very transparent. And oh, well, this is what you sign up for to be a teacher. But there is so much more that we could be asking for um, that would help to supplement training opportunities and all kinds of things that we could get paid for that normally we wouldn't access. You're absolutely right. I, I work with teachers. I was actually talking to a teacher earlier um, before we got on this. I mm -hmm. went through several negotiations. And those special training, special certificates, teaching that extra class, doing something in the summer, that makes a big difference. It does. And even government workers think, oh, well, our salaries are, are capped. Y'all, mm -hmm. there's always an exception. Mm -hmm. There's something called special pay memos. 
about having specialty skills. That's why you want to specialize in something. We haven't really talked about that. But it's really important for you to get whatever work that you do, have a specialty mm. in it because you can command more money when you get that extra certificate mm-hmm. and you keep those certificates current being uh, up to date on the latest. If you're one of the few people who do something really, really well, what mm-hmm. when it's time for extra project or extra assignment, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, then you can ask for, okay, I'd love to do this. And of course, I'd like to be compensated appropriately. Yeah, Don't, don't just take on a ton of extra work without um, getting paid for it. A lot of women make that mistake. Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. And sometimes you have to do it to stretch yourself to grow so that you can get the experience. Mm-hmm. But once you have done something 15 times and they know you're the woman and you're mm-hmm. the go-to expert on it, then mm-hmm. you start having those casual conversations. It might not happen where you get the extra money the first time you ask. Mm-hmm. But the, what men do really well is they get no's just as much as women, but they mm-hmm. need to ask. And not in mm-hmm. an annoying way, but in a very casual, okay, oh, thanks for recognizing that. See, I'm building the case for my raise. You know? Ah, I was going to ask you, so what do you say? Okay. Right, do it very casually. And um, men do that really well. Just walk mm-hmm. They don't need to be sitting down face-to-face. They can mm-hmm. be at lunch and someone can say, oh, man, you did a really great job. Oh, thanks. Put that up. Give me that raise. Women, mm-hmm. women have to get away from the uh, concept of taking compliments in place of in lieu of money. Mm. Okay, so compliments are great. And let before we move on, let me say this: if you get compliments at work and you say, "Oh no, big deal. You don't have to thank me. That was easy." Please stop doing that. Mm. What you're doing is you're devaluing yourself. So when That's you go for a promotion or a raise, they're going to think, well, you're not even working hard. Right. Because it was easy. Right. So what you have to say instead is, well, thank you for recognizing that. I really pride myself on doing that well. Or a simple thank you. Claim your value. Wow. And it's something that women were socialized to downplay yeah. from a very young age. So if you have young girls in your life and young women that you're mentoring, teach them how to accept compliments because that is a critical element that transfers into the workplace that really holds women back from getting promoted and Mm -hmm. raises. Wow, that's good, Jacqueline. Oh, man, I have so many thoughts, but I don't want to get distracted. But I have a lot of young girls that I mentor. And just that small piece, I didn't even realize how that would translate into preparing them for life and preparing them for the workforce. So I absolutely appreciate that nugget. Um, We have another question here. Um, This is from Nini. It's kind of long, so I'm just going to read it, um, read out the part. So basically, she's saying, what if you are given paperwork as a full-time employee, but recognized and recognized by the state as a full-time employee, but you're told that you're going to have to re-interview for the position you're currently in because you aren't full-time permanent in the eyes of the company? Yeah, that's typical. Um... That's that's very common. And so when you go to interview permanently, what you want to do is you want to make sure however they're measuring your performance, you're exceeding expectations. Okay. So what you'll have so you have several hurdles to cross. You want to get the benefits of a permanent full-time and not a temp uh, full-time employee. So once you lock that in, then you'll probably go through a probationary period. 
becoming a permanent FTE. And then once you go through that stage, then you're eligible for additional benefits. So in that, um, make sure you're getting paid the base market rate, but one, secure the permanent role, get through your probationary period, and then you start negotiating for, for more stuff. But during that time frame, you absolutely have to kill it. Mm. They know doing enough work just to get by. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think, women of color really think I'm not here to make friends. I'm just here to do my job and get my yeah. job. Well, a lot of the decisions that get made about who's going to be permanent FTEs, who's going to get promoted, they happen outside of rooms that you're not in. They yeah. happen where people talk about you. And what happens is they promote people they like. People mm. who go to the baseball games or the happy hours or the Saturday Habitat for Humanity, whatever it is, Mm-hmm. So you have to understand the rules of office politics, which means mm-hmm. people promote people they like. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a standoffish person, mm-hmm. then they're gonna they're not even gonna know you're interested in a role to even wow. put your name in a hat. So mm-hmm. some of these hurdles we created for ourselves in terms of advancement, but for you, Uni, going through this process is very common secure the FTE role, get through your probationary period, and then you can start negotiating for other stuff. Love it. Love it. Kina has a question. She said, negotiating with corporate and social service nonprofit is definitely different. How would you suggest negotiating with social service nonprofit agencies? So one, for social services, is always, and for any organization, it's always about the budget. Okay? So if you are in a position to understand the budget, you can leverage that to negotiate for more. So what you want to do in this situation, go through the latte framework, look at the details, talk to your key players, think about your walk away point, but also ask them, you got to get really creative and say, what will it take for me to get to this level? So if you have a specific ask that you're presenting to them, ask them what it will take. If it's a matter of getting another grant or getting more funding, mm-hmm. you know what that is. And then you ask a follow-up question, what can I do to help facilitate that? That's mm-hmm. showing your leadership skills, but that's mm-hmm. also giving you a clear path to know if you can secure that bag. Mm-hmm. Because if they haven't brought in any new funding in 10 years, red flag, time to go. Yeah. Okay? So, but you got to have that clear understanding. Don't make any assumptions either. That's a really critical part of any negotiation. Do not assume anything. Always find out the information or ask the question. Mm, That's good. I just had that conversation with somebody yesterday. Assume nothing. Nothing at all. Um, This is Sophia's question, and it's kind of a scenario. Basically, she found out that a colleague at work got a raise to almost $200,000. This is a white male. Um, They kept it on a hush. They practically do the same job. Um, She feels that she does a lot more. This guy throws temper tantrums. Um, He's called out sick a whole lot, uh, done a whole lot of different things. The senior founding partner um, kind of placates him and, you know, makes and still gave him this raise. So it sounds like she's trying to figure out what she would do. She said earlier this evening, she said she wanted an additional week to bring her to four weeks of vacation. Um, but that's not really happening. So what, because you'd mentioned red flags a moment ago. So I'm wondering if this is a red flag as far as the, the culture there. 
Well, I don't think we have enough information to really say it's a red flag, but this is common because this is people promoting and giving money to people they like. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I would say that would be important for her is, and for any negotiation, always frame it. For women, it's really important that we frame it in what's in it for the organization, what's in it for the okay. team. So even though it's something that you want, frame it for what's in it for them. Now, in terms of her extra week of vacation, I would be curious to know how she presented that. But in order for you to get what you want, it seems like this organization is heavily politic. So Mm -hmm. you need to understand the power players, who makes the decision behind closed doors, evaluate your relationship with those people. This is why you need a sponsor. Someone who's going to speak on your behalf in those mm. closed door meetings. This is an organization. They make power power plays. So mm-hmm. you got to have the power players in your corner or at least one power player in your corner. So really mm. develop that relationship so that you can get those extra perks. Now, there's been some research from Harvard Business Review that shows how white men can lash out. And I mean, we've seen it in our reality in, in 20. Uh, right. How men, white men can act a certain way. We've seen it in tennis. Mm-hmm. How Serena is mm-hmm. penalized for doing mm-hmm. something less significantly Correct. than her male tennis player counterparts. Mm-hmm. That is a part of what you have to understand. You got to have sponsors and advocates who can go up on your behalf to speak for you. But also, this seems like a much deeper conversation. So mm-hmm. if you have a mentor, um, especially a white male mentor, I would suggest that you sit down and explain your entire work situation to him to get his insight on how to navigate this politically. And if you don't read any books about office politics, I would suggest that you get a couple of books. Harvard Business Review has a great book on office politics that will bring you up to speed on mm-hmm. how to play the game more effectively. Wow. And I definitely know that um, as black women, I feel like we are often against the politics and don't want to play the game. Um, And I am thinking that's why you keep saying to go to the white males, because they know the rules of the game and they're playing the game very well. Yeah. And and it's not about, um, you know, selling out or anything like that. It's you. In business, in any area of business, even education is business, information is power. Mm -hmm. The more you know, the better informed decisions you can make. There is no excuse to not get the information if it's available to you, whether that's on the internet or just going to have lunch or coffee with somebody to get information. So Mm -hmm. it's it's not a matter of selling out. It's a matter of getting the information you need so that you can set your family up for generational wealth. Because... One of the things we know, I mean, it's Black History Month. We started behind the A-ball. Right. So we're trying to catch up while we're currently taking care of ourselves, doing the things we love, taking care of our families. So when it comes to negotiating, you really have to think very strategically, not just for this moment, but you need to be thinking about your children's children. I'm doing this not just for me, but Mm -hmm. for for generations to come. Mm-hmm. And when you learn how to negotiate, then you share those tips with your family and your friends as well. Yeah. And so that kind of leaves me, y'all. I cannot believe this time has escaped. We literally only have like four minutes left. But I want to ask, Kamiko asked a really good question. What are great ways of finding a reputable career coach? And, 
you know, where, where do they go? Where do they find you? How can they partner with you? Because we still have a lot of questions um, that I'm going to send over to you so that we can get them answered. But how do people find a good career coach? Yeah, if you want to pop on two or three more questions and then I'll answer a couple together. So okay. I know it flew super fast. Um, so a couple of the questions are, um, let's see. So strategies for, um, let me see, strategies for independent contractors to negotiate more since contractors normally don't receive those types of benefits. And then ways to handle when your review says that you're Excel, but your raise isn't promoting that. Okay, so the first question, how to find a reputable career coach. So one, you want to do your research on people. Uh, don't just look at Instagram or social media. Read their reviews, look at their LinkedIn profile, you know, just do your research. Um, there are a couple of websites out there. And what I'll do is I'll, in the PDF, I'll include some um, websites that you can start looking at. But okay. LinkedIn is a great place to find a career coach people who you want to ask your professional circle, who's used a coach before. Now, mm -hmm. the other thing for independent contractors, I was an independent contractor for the federal government at the CDC. I was still mm -hmm. able to negotiate many things. So again, don't make any assumptions of what you can't do because the exceptions are always made. It's mm -hmm. like finding out what exceptions are made in your industry for the company that you work for. So mm -hmm. really, really focus on building relationships. Now, one of the things that you want to do that when you negotiate, whether independent contractor, FTE, is make sure that you package your requests together in a bundle versus starting issue by issue. Research uh -huh. shows that women tend to experience less backlash when they come to the table and say, oh, there are three things I'd like to talk to you about and then break it down versus giving one thing. Can I get a work from home day and then waiting for a yes or no mm -hmm. then asking for a title change? Mm -hmm. Wait for a yes or no, and then mm -hmm. more, more money. Mm -hmm. Let them know the three things everything up front. up front, and mm -hmm. then break it down. And then, what was the last question? Hold on. Um, when your review says that you excel, however, your raise doesn't reflect that. Okay, so when I said earlier, having those informal conversations, a thing that you have to be aware of is when is your organization's fiscal year budget set. If the fiscal year mm -hmm. budget is set after your performance review, they have already put in the mm. bucket how much they're going to give total, okay? So you want to have those conversations throughout, but really have it with your supervisor before the fiscal year budget is set. Don't necessarily wait to your performance review mm -hmm. because sometimes really the money isn't there and you got to wait to the next cycle. Mm -hmm. So if that time has already passed, it's a good opportunity to have a flat out conversation with your supervisor to say, what is it going to take for me to qualify to take on more responsibility and be compensated appropriately and get very clear. Don't take any vagueness. You want to get crystal clear on what it is so that you mm -hmm. can hit those parameters. Mm -hmm. So our last question um, is kind of a, a package about uh, our last few questions are about the salary range. How do you know where you are as far as the salary range? And then um, what happens if you're in a situation where they use you to train somebody else, but then you're not getting compensated for that? Is that a red flag that you need or is that a conversation that you need to have? Yeah, so... 
Um, how do you know when you fall in the range is typically over the years, this the ranges have shrunk. So if you look online, you're going to see that the range is somewhere between four to six thousand dollars. Okay. okay. Always ask for the top end of the range for your work. That way you can have wiggle room down. Mm -hmm. But those ranges are not ten and twenty thousand ranges. When you look at a government job, you know, it might have a twenty thousand dollar range, but it's gonna tell you certain things like yeah. years of experience plus a bachelor's degree a master's degree and a specialty. So look at the details. I keep saying okay. look at the details yeah. because Information is power. The more you know, the better informed decisions you can make, and you know how to maneuver next questions. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how you know where you fall in on the range. And again, fact checking that with people who are knowledgeable about the industry. Mm -hmm. Okay, I cannot overemphasize that. So that you need to be in a professional association and be active, so you can build those relationships. And not mm -hmm. just the organizations for the Browns and the Blacks. You want to be mm -hmm. in in other organizations mm -hmm. as well so you can build those relationships and what was your last question i'm sorry so the other question they've used you to train someone um but you're not being compensated for that do we is that a conversation or do we just look somewhere else so one want to understand the intention behind it and you have to ask yourself have you expressed your interest in more responsibility and a different leadership role a lot of women think as long as I work real hard and keep my head down, they're going to notice I'm going to get the promotion and the raise. Not true. Mm. If you don't express your career aspirations, then they don't know. They might think that you're not interested. So one question to ask first, when you're training somebody else, have I expressed that I want to grow in this organization? Mm. If you have and you're training people as a way of getting experience so that you can move up, Cool, no big deal. Mm -hmm. But if you're consistently training people and they're passing you up, mm -hmm. yes, that is a sign that you need to get your LinkedIn profile popping, your mm -hmm. resume needs to be popping. And I'll say this with that when you're looking for a job, less than 10% of people get hired from online applications. You mm -hmm. have to be out networking with people, having coffee, sharing your resume one on one. You gotta mm -hmm. get off those job boards because it is a waste of time for most people. Some mm. people get jobs off of them. I've gotten jobs off of job boards before, but I have received so many job offers over the years. And I, before I started my company, when I was in the traditional workforce, mm -hmm. I got job offers like clockwork. Wow. Because I am always building relationships, genuinely yep. building relationships with people. So you got to do that. It not only helps you to negotiate, it helps you to find your next opportunity before it even gets posted online. Yeah, yeah, that's real talk right there. Wow, Jacqueline. So tell everybody where they can find you um, on the internet, social media, all of that, um, because you are giving out some some serious info here. So I'm Jacqueline Swilly everywhere. LinkedIn is my favorite place to hang out. Okay. Later this year, I'm going to come out with my second book, Don't Leave Money on the Table, Negotiating yeah. Strategies for Women. Um, if y'all are in Atlanta, I'm hosting a masterclass with Kelly Kelly this Saturday. Mm -hmm. So um, there's information on my social media about that masterclass as well. But hit me up on LinkedIn. Send me a LinkedIn invite and a note that you watched tonight. Uh, I've already connected with some of you who said you were going to be tuning in on LinkedIn. Y'all already hit me up. So the thing is, y'all, you can do it. There is 
don't leave any money on the table. If you get nervous about negotiating, just remember it's a conversation. Yeah, I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for all of this. I want y'all to run over right now to all the social media outlets and make sure that you follow her um, everywhere so that you can continue to get this information. Also, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we want to make sure that you've also connected with Beautiful Brown Girls. So make sure you've gone to our website, beautifulbrowngirls.com, on our Facebook page, Beautiful Brown Girls, on Instagram at Beautifully Shaded, and on Twitter at Beautiful brown you we want to make sure that you are connected and getting the information that we have again this show is called brown girl boss we are here every other wednesday our other uh, talk show that we have is brown versation so we'll be back here on monday um having that talk show so we definitely want to continue to invite you all to tune in and jacqueline you are officially a part of the beautiful brown girls family so make sure that you keep us posted on everything that you have when your book drops we need to know about it and um, any other events that you're having please make sure that you let us know so we can help get the word out thank you so much I had fun y'all had some really good questions and if we didn't get to your question still pop it in and I'll follow up and I'll answer some questions one on one Awesome. And that's a good point that the conversation doesn't stop here, you all. So for those of you who are watching the replay, feel free to go ahead and comment um, because we'll get those notifications and then we can continue the conversation. I think it's really about empowering women, as Jacqueline said, to not leave any money on the table. So um, we want to get as many people on this train as possible. So make sure that you guys do that. Jacqueline, again, thank you so much for taking the time out to spend with us and pour it into us. We are so appreciative. My pleasure. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Our quote of the day comes from John Maxwell, and he says this, leaders become great, not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others. I thought that was so phenomenal. And I hope that you take the information you learned in today's episode, share it with other women in your network, share this episode with them so that they can take value from it as well. And until next time, continue to emulate excellence and eliminate excuses.